kids, they said. It will be fun, they said. Who the heck are they, anyway? As moms, we sacrifice a lot for our families, our time, our health, our wallets, our identity, friendships, personal care, and of course, our beloved sleep. Motherhood is a crazy ride, one that is not meant to be braved alone. It takes a village, right? Well, your village is here. I'm your host, Sabrina Greer, and every week I will be diving into the gray areas of motherhood with some very special guests. This is not the highlight reel, but the real deal. So reheat that cup of coffee, turn up the volume, and get ready for the reminder that you've got this, mama. Hello, and thank you for tuning in again. I'm your host, Sabrina Greer, and today we're talking about a really hot topic right now, all things health, wellness, and of course, mom bod. Between currently editing Healthy Mama and all of the content that's flying around out there, it was really tough for me to choose today's guests. There's so many amazing mamas that are in this field and so many experts, but As always, it came together just as it should, and I am super honored and very excited to welcome today's guests. Today we have with us Mona Sharma and Tara Butterwick. Hello, guys. Hello. (laughs) I'm going to give you formal introductions so everyone knows who we're talking to today. Um, I love this part. I get to brag a little bit about you guys. So Mona is a mama times two. She's a holistic nutritionist, a yoga instructor, a meditation and wellness coach. Her passion is to help her clients discover their own unique path to feel feeling healthy, energized, and beautiful, both inside and out. After leaving her high-powered, high-stress corporate role in the luxury beauty industry, she turned her attention to her own personal healing. She's recovered from two heart surgeries, chronic anxiety, and long-term hormone imbalance, and quickly discovered that she was in control of how she could feel and heal her body. That's amazing. I'm so excited to talk more about that. So welcome, Mona. Thank you so much. I'm excited for this. Yay. And then Tara is a certified personal trainer. She's also a mama times two and a mama motivator, helping thousands of women embrace postpartum fitness through her popular blog and well-known alias Top Knot Mummy. She focuses on positive living, allowing mamas to be fit, healthy, and real. She's changed the game for the post-baby body image and continues to inspire and motivate women all over Canada and the U.S. She's also an upcoming contributor and you've got this healthy mama. So excited. Thank you. I'm excited. Yeah. (laughs) So today we're just really going to dive in and talk about all things health and wellness. You know, it's such a, a big topic right now. And I say that in multiple ways. It's big because there's just so much content that it's almost overwhelming. It's like the whole Googling as a new mom, like, how do, how do I do this? (laughs) There's just so many options and so much content out there flying around. It's hard to really know what to follow and what to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're already in such a crazy position when we become a mother, we have no idea what's going on. And then to think about our own health and wellness, you know, kind of hits the back burner. So, I really want to cover off on all things health and wellness, talk a little bit about, you know, body image and mental health around body image. And I couldn't think of better guests to do that with today. So, yay. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So I think I'll start with Mona because Mona, I've known you for a long time and I, I follow your work and I just think it's super inspiring. And really at the end of the day, it comes down to 
mental health. Everything comes down to mindset, right? Really. So I'd love to talk about, you know, what is important when it comes to mindset around postpartum fitness, around, you know, minding your mind and keeping yourself healthy when you have these little people all of a sudden to take care of. Yeah, it's pretty incredible the amount of research that is out there today. And I've been studying a lot of it because, you know, we now can see a direct correlation between your mindset and the thoughts that you have and the impact that it has on your body's your body and your cells, right? And it's funny, like there's been so little talk about this and we all know going into pregnancy that there's this fearful postpartum depression, right? And I remember being so aware of this and I didn't feel it. And I just thought, oh, I must be one of the lucky ones. And then I did some more research based on the fourth trimester. And I realized that postpartum depression can happen for women for up to like seven years after pregnancy and then some, right? So- Yeah. And it comes in waves for some people. And I know now, so I had a baby eight months ago and it's funny that we're doing this right now, actually in the past two weeks, I just, I feel really down, but with my education, obviously I can kind of take a global look. And this is what I really recommend to anybody even wanting to get pregnant or mothers out there is take a global look at how you're feeling. If you're not taking care of yourself, obviously this is going to impact your mindset, but how are you fueling your mind every day? This comes first and foremost, you know, as a nutritionist, I can always speak to food um, with both of my pregnancies. One was a, sec- a C-section, one was a VBAC. When I use food as therapy, you want to look into foods that are warming, that are soothing to your body. I know it's tempting to go out there and grab the quick stuff and the packaged stuff, and we've all been there and we've done that, but take the time to really find foods that are going to be soothing for you. Um, so one you want to get the nourishment literally at a cellular level because your food is going to be your fuel. But then the mindset stuff really comes in. So, you know, we hear about this word gratitude over and over again. And I think it's gotten to a point where it's like hashtag gratitude <laughs> over and over, right? It's everywhere. But do we really stop stop and kind of own that? So, you know, I've developed this practice. My husband's a director. So you'll hear me reference the movie industry. So I've developed this movie reel. And what that means for me is every single morning before I get out of bed, even with the kids tugging at me, I kind of go through this gratitude practice of the things that I'm grateful for in my life. And it doesn't have to be about the things, right? I think as women, we often get caught on stuff, like the things that we have, but it can be about, you know, having you know, your coffee in the morning, the sun coming up, it being warm outside, the people that you're going to see that day for, you know, a new pair of underwear that you got that might make you feel sexy, like whatever it is, the most simple things to put you in a state of gratitude. Those are the things that are going to trigger changing your state. And when you can change your state right from the get-go, right from waking up in the morning, that's going to impact the rest of your day. The second thing that I think is really great for anybody's mindset, and some people are visually inspired, other people are inspired by auditory things, right? So music. So you know those moments when you're like cooking dinner or maybe when you go work out and you turn on the radio or the music and it just instantly makes you smile or move or want to run faster or Tara, you know this, you want to work out harder. Totally. Yeah. Like you can completely change your state. And I think that as moms, when we get stuck in being a rush every day and in a routine, we don't do those things. So like find something that's going to change your state right from the get go, throw on your favorite song, have a song that just gets you going and puts you into a place of happiness and watch the difference and see the effect that that has on you, but also how you can give to your family. Hmm, I love that. And I love that you talk about gratitude because it's, 
It's such an interesting thing that has been coming up a lot on this show. And it's funny you said, you know, hashtag gratitude because everyone's talking about it. And what a wonderful thing to be talking about, right? I mean, who couldn't use a little more gratitude? But it's something you can also involve your children in, you know, having them express what they're grateful for, having them take a bigger look at, at what is real. You know, it's not about the stuff. It's like, so what are you grateful for? And I started doing that with my kids getting, I mean, not the baby, obviously, because he's still a little bit too young to understand mm-hmm. that. But the the other guys, you know, I say, you know, I want to hear three things right now that you're grateful for. And the four-year-old's still kind of like, mm, I like elephants. <laughs> I like that elephants are on this planet. But, you know, it's it's a great practice to start very young. And and I love that you said the music thing, too, because we're, we're definitely gearing away from, you know, Paw Patrol and that kind of stuff in the morning and trying to put on music and have dance parties and get everyone's mood up and elevated. And, you know, next step, we'll start doing workouts, Tara. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that's a big thing that I think that is important is that in postpartum fitness, it is a lot about your mindset, but it's also allowing yourself time to get movement in. And we're going to like dive into that in a little bit. But I think we as moms have to reframe our brains from I need a babysitter or I need it like to make it to the gym or I need X in terms to move my body and actually start working out with our children because your kids can learn so much from living a healthy lifestyle. Like they can stretch with you. They can be incorporated in this. And I think it's an exciting time as moms to be able to be like, you know what? We're doing this right now. It's a dance party. We're going to work out for 20 minutes. And again, as Mona said, it will shift your mind and it will shift your day. And, and it is, and it can create really positive outcomes for people. And it's easy to do. Mm-hmm. And I love that point that, you know, we have these expectations for ourselves in every, all facets of life, but especially when it comes to health, it's like, oh, well, next week I'll start that diet or, you know, oh, today got away from me. So I'll start working out tomorrow. Or I feel like we're always chasing that when, you know, Mm -hmm. if this happens, then that will happen. And we're always chasing something more something different, but it really is just like, making that step and it can be baby steps, right? Like it can be going for a walk or, you know, pushing the stroller up the hill or doing some squats with your baby in your arms as your weight or whatever it is, right? It doesn't have to be this extensive two hour long workout routine five times a week. And I I think we put these expectations on ourselves and these numbers in our head. It's all about these magical numbers. Like we have to do this much and that many and, yeah. I think it's, it, it is before you have your first child, it's, you have had expectations as up until that point of, of your level of fitness, of what you enjoyed, certain activities that were like your jam and what you're into. What you don't know is a, what's going to, it's going to be like on the other side. And we all have different kind of Um, journeys in terms of pregnancy and our labors and our postpartum care kind of thing. And I think it's just learning how to reframe the brain that power walking is cool. Getting 20 (laughs) minutes of strength workouts, like while your baby's playing on the floor is worth it. And it's, it's all those small things that you do that add up way more in the long run than being an extremist. Like I always tell my clients and people that I know that it's like, you can't be 
extreme with postpartum fitness, you have to like break it up into small chunks. And that includes in nutrition, right? Um, because that is a big part of your energy levels and literally fueling your body to set yourself up for success, which Mona kind of already talked about, but it's kind of reframe your expectation, like you said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So what are, what are some options and like, where do you start? Where does someone start when it comes to postpartum fitness? Okay, here, I've had a baby, you know, I'm feeling my body's healing. I'm feeling a little bit better. I'm ready to start moving around a little bit now. Like, where do you begin? Where do you even start? I think the biggest piece of advice that I can give anybody in terms of starting exercising postpartum is to start where you are. That's where you are. That's not where the lady on the internet is or your best friend who's like running already. Like you have to throw that out the window and go, what was my exercise like when I was pregnant? Has it been a year and a half since you've worked out? If you go to a workout class, you're going to be crushed. And my biggest thing is consistency over going and working out too hard and then not wanting to work out for two weeks. Again, it's all about those small, attainable things that you enjoy. So my biggest tip is start where you are. And that's usually walking and power walking, whether that's in a mall or it's outdoors with, you know, five or 10 minutes of strength, doing more full body weight exercises with lower impact. So you're looking at your squats, you know, modified pushups. Um, you're looking at doing smaller exercises that are going to allow your body to continue to heal. And it's also important to know that things might be different. You might be feeling heaviness. Your abs might not have gone back and this is normal. Um, it's, it's very common for these things. I'm a personal trainer. That happened to me. And the best thing you can do is reach out and find resources. You guys, if you've never been to a pelvic floor physiotherapist, I highly mm-hmm. recommend it. Whether you've had one, three, five, seven children, it's important to just go and get checked out and find out where you're at because the exercises they can provide you, you're not going to get in our medical system. And that's just the reality. So I always tell people to like go and get like the checkup under the hood, (laughs) find out what's going on before you move forward. Because if you get the green light, you're good to go. And and you might move into a program that you're more used to, AKA your normal quicker. Um, Or you might have to change and adapt, which I did. I was used to high impact, like burpees were my jam. Like I love to push my body as hard as I could before kids. And I can't do that now. My game is now power walking and body weight exercises. And I do that mainly for my head and physically, but I know that I need exercise for me and to have my me time in the day. And I've had to adapt my game to still get that out of it. And you can at any level of fitness, you can definitely get started and get moving. I love that. I think there's also something to be said. Um, and now I can say this with experience is if you are a sister, a mother, a friend, it's calling out all the mamas who say, yeah, but I only walk today. Yeah. But I only, you know, um, did 10 minutes. Yeah. But it's like this. Yeah. But it's like women will want to take ownership by expressing that they've done something, but then they're canceling it all out by saying, yeah, but it wasn't enough. Right. Mm. Which is essentially saying like, no, I'm not enough yet. Um, but if instead, you know, part of that healing journey and, you know, getting back to this new body, new personality that you become as a mother, um, you have a girlfriend or someone who can kind of stand for you and say, this is incredible. I'm not going to let you say, yeah, but you know, own it, 
own that you got that done today. That's incredible when most people will not make it to the gym, will not work out, will not do that piece of movement, right? And I think for a long time, we were so worried about just making other women and girls feel comfortable. And I think, you know, women, they want that from their friend, but they really want someone to take a stand for them as well. Definitely. And Mm -hmm. I I love that. And and I think it it's really important to celebrate the small wins. Like if you are going through a hard time and we've all been there, as you're saying, Mona, like you can you can fall into a funk and I've hit them. I feel like I can still hit them and I'm two and a half years postpartum my second. But I think it's important that you need to celebrate the small wins. As you said, like if you got up and you got dressed and you made yourself breakfast and you, you know, got it a walk-in, like whatever your thing is, it's important to celebrate that because that frames your whole mindset. If you wake up the next day not doing that, you'll be a different person. And I always think how, like, when am I at my best? And it's when I'm doing those healthy habits and I'm getting movement in and I'm focusing on nourishing myself and making myself a priority. And that is such an important thing to celebrate. Well, and something else that you mentioned earlier, Tara, which is super, super important. And it's something that you just brushed by, but it's such a huge one. And that's comparison. I think Mm -hmm. so often we do that. We go, oh, well, my friend did like, you know, 20 laps around whatever today, or like gets up at 4am and goes swimming and this and that, but that's great for your friend or for your acquaintance or the person you follow on Instagram or whoever it is. But maybe that's not right for you, right? We can't compare ourselves anywhere in this journey, but especially when it comes to health and fitness, because it's going to be different. Like you said, Tara, it's, it changes too. It might not even be the same as it was before you had babies where, you know, I used to do sit-ups all the time. My pelvic floor physio was like, you can't do sit-ups anymore, girl. (laughs) I was like, Mm -hmm. oh no, why? But it's, it's giving yourself permission to, to change what doesn't work, right? Like our bodies change significantly. And I think it's important that we really give ourselves a pat on the back and embrace what our bodies have just been through. Like we created life. We built a human being inside of our body, regardless of how they came out or, you know, what your pregnancy looked like or what your delivery or your labor or any of that looked like. You created a life inside of you. It's going to take time to heal and to change and things will absolutely change no matter what. Even if you're one of those picture perfect people that, you know, are models on Instagram, it's still like they still had challenges too, right? It's just what you see is not always what you get. I know from being in the modeling industry for 20 years, it's all smoke and mirrors, right? That Photoshop can do a lot. (laughs) And I think that's like the One of the most comforting things is A, when you celebrate what your body's done. But I also think when you kind of celebrate in the fact that it's like, I did this, but we're all doing this too. And, and everyone has some, something that happened to them. Like, like we keep talking about this and it's okay. And it's okay for your journey to not be someone else's journey. And it's okay to look at the person as inspiration that maybe is getting their workouts in. But I can guarantee you they have probably hit some hard funks before they got there. So they might just be further in their journey than you. And sometimes it's good to have those people of inspiration to pick their brains to be like, okay, what are your hacks? Like, how do you get your workouts in? How are you food prepping? And like that can kind of pull you out of a funk sometime. But it's not like it's not good to have that comparison because those people have been where we've all been, right? Absolutely. Yeah, owning your story. You mm-hmm. got to own your story. 
Yeah. I actually just finished writing a, a piece in You've Got This Mama too, which we're publishing very soon and it's coming out in April of next year. But I, I literally said that it's about moving away from judgment and comparison and moving into a place of support and love. Mm -hmm. That is what this whole movement is, what we're doing at YGT Mama and so many other people, yourselves included, are doing such a great job of being that inspiration, of being that motivation for people instead of you know, someone that they want to just compare themselves to. You inspire them by giving them the tools and the support that they need to feel comfortable about sharing their story authentically and openly without judgment, without shame, without fear and embarrassment, right? It's really just being that inspiration, being what people aspire to be, not the comparison, right? Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it be so great if, you know, you just, you deliver your baby and you're automatically set up with a support system of women, like an actual community where you go and you can talk about your birth, your delivery, your fears, your hesitations, your joy. And I was introduced to this only when I moved to Los Angeles, um, through a community at women space, WMN space. And it was a game changer for me. So my advice to women is, your family is incredible, <laughs> but often you cannot share those raw emotions with them, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I always say if somebody's going to come and visit you at your house um, right when baby is born, they're coming over to work, not to visit. They, You need to give people duties and the husband needs to have a role in making this happen, husband or wife. And um, I think in that, if you are set up by just looking or knowing that you've got a community of women that you can connect with right away, you're going to be set up just to have a little bit more ease so that you've got an outlet, right? So that it, it really is about that nourishment and enrichment in a phase that's just like a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Community is everything. And we all talk about the infamous village and the support systems and networks. And, but at the end of the day, like, like you said, Mona, our families are great. And the people who we have that support us are incredible. And I would never dilute that or downplay the importance of those people, but having, it's almost like that whole saying misery loves company. You know, I'm not saying misery <laughs> because obviously we're not miserable, <laughs> but just having someone that you can share your challenges with and be super open and real and not have to candy coat it and pretend and compare, just be like, yeah, man, that's, this is hard because <laughs> it is. Yeah. And that's okay Absolutely. because we'll get through it and we'll get through it together. And this is what it looks like on the other side. And you know, it's, it's a roller coaster. Like you said, it's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to hear more about that. It sounds like something we should uh, franchise into all spaces in Canada as well. <laughs> we should maybe keep this talk going, right? Yeah, <laughs> we totally so. should. The other idea that I have that I'll I think is relevant here is um, something that I did with my daughter who was just born is I had a food delivery service for the first two weeks. And it was food that was just for me, just for me and mm, baby. Nice. And it was food that was strictly, it's Ayurvedic based. So if you don't know anything about Ayurveda, I highly recommend that you look it up um, because it's designed to be therapeutic and healing for your body and your systems. It's designed to help with hormone imbalance and reset the body and really just like get an upper edge if you will, on using food as, um, as therapy, right? 
So look into this in, in your area. It doesn't always have to be insanely expensive. You're going to be surprised that there's, you know, a lot of people who are aware of this, who will cook from their kitchens and deliver to your house. But I can tell you that a saving grace for me was having a prepared food. I could just throw it in to warm it up on a stove and on the microwave, of course. Um, but it was home cooked. There were specific ingredients that were designed to, you know, just work at therapy for your system. Um, and I, I could tell it was just comforting, right? That whole chicken soup phenomenon. Like yeah. it's, it's a real thing. Having comforting food was just something when your nerves and your adrenals are completely tapped out after childbirth was a game changer for me. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the last thing you really want to do right after birth is cook or prepare food for yourself or anyone, right? It's, it's nice having that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And their foods that are also easy to digest. So, you know, we think my expression, my saying is that, you know, often we just throw things down the hatch, right? We yeah. expect our bodies to just take care of it, to be able to digest it. And then we get bloated. We get used to living with bloating or having any digestive issues. But, you know, if we really focus on the foods that we are consuming, um, then it's a really big game changer I as well. I love that. And I think it kind of comes into the concept of like, I've, I've been too tired to have a plan before. So I get it when people tell me that. But I, I do believe that if you can create a plan in terms of how you're going to nourish yourself, like when you can work out in a week, whether they're walks, whether they're at-home workouts, and then you can execute it, you can work with your network or your tribe, like we're saying, to be accountable. You can talk to your husband in terms or your partner in terms of like, this is how I'd love to set us up for success. So you're being proactive and then you can execute it. Um, and I think food is a part of that because I think it's really easy for that to completely and exercise to fall off when we're looking after everybody else all the time. But if you can take even some time on a Sunday to, to kind of get it down on paper and whether you're using a, a, a meal plan service, like Mona said, which is incredible, you know, you're fitting workouts into your life. You will be able to make that mindset switch. Mm. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. great advice. So Mona, you talk a lot about gut health and I've been hearing this a lot, actually, like the word gut, which to me sounds <laughs> kind of vile <laughs> a little bit still, but I, you know, I've been reading a lot about it and seeing it everywhere. What, what does it actually mean? And how important is that to like postpartum health overall? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Such a game changer. There's actually, so, okay, let me rewind. So your gut, another infamous word that's blowing up now is your microbiome. It's insane. You've got this like ecosystem of bacteria and viruses that live within your lower GI tract, your intestines. And, you know, for years, I think our generation, we were brought up on antibiotics, antibacterial, everything. So we thought, kill the bacteria, kill the bacteria. And now what we're learning, medical doctors, scientists are coming to the table and saying, oops, we shouldn't have been doing that. We need to have some bad bacteria, some viruses and, and things that live within our system because that's what makes us stronger. You know, 80% of our immune system is in our our gut. So the awareness around this today is fascinating. If you Google anything around pregnancy and gut health, you're going to see a wealth of information and look at it, um, you know, with listeners ears, I guess I, you should say it's a, I'm always cautious about directing people to Google because Dr. Google doesn't have all the answers <laughs> for you, but just go for the education, look it up for education. So your gut we now know is the root of good health. It's also a massive contributor to your hormone health, right? And we all know our hormones are, you know, just like roller coasters um, throughout the entire pregnancy process and then some, maybe in 
and then some after that. Um, but if we consider this, you know, your serotonin, your happy hormone is also resides in your gut. And if you're somebody who experiences bloating, uh, fatigue, any digestive issues, uh, you know, bowel movements that are happening, happening too often or not happening at all. It's worth having a conversation with somebody who's an expert to kind of just dive a little bit deeper to understand why, um, why it's happening to you. If you can strengthen your gut and just understand the foods that nourish you instead of deplete you going into pregnancy, recovering from pregnancy and the hormones that are needed to do that, uh, is just going to be an easier journey, I'd say. And, you know, I think a lot of women, it's, there's two spectrums. They'll either go down one alley where they think, okay, you know what? I got to, got to get back on that diet train. If I could, I would have just abolished that word diet from everybody's vocabulary. Right. Because how on earth could you, Sabrina, compared to me, Mona, with our different backgrounds, upbringing, ethnic heritage, the stress that we have in our life, where we live, the environmental factors, could we benefit the same from the exact same diet? Mm, Right. It's impossible. Mm -hmm. And I've tested all the diets under the sun because I need to speak about them, but there's only really one power and that's going back to your kind of intuition and what makes you feel good. And what do they say, right? Trust your gut. Yeah. They say that because you have, you know, so many nerve endings within, within your gut and the relationship that happens between your brain is incredible. So, uh, yeah, the awareness around that is, is key. Um, it's not about taking supplements. It's actually really about eating a variety of food. The food that we eat has its own, you know, has their own bacteria. We want to be taking in different types of bacteria for our our ecosystem. And recently I just did a post, you know, how often when you go grocery shopping, do you buy the exact same groceries? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Every time. (laughs) Every time. We're like, yeah creatures of habit. It's easy. It's simple. I get it. Trust me. I'm a nutritionist that doesn't love to cook, but if you can, when you go to the grocery store, buy different foods, you know, when we buy what's on sale so that, you know, you're going to be buying different things. This is the most simple way to kind of boost your gut health without popping pills or taking supplementation. And the other thing is just noticing what your triggers are, what makes your gut feel bad. Right. Um, and the third thing would be, you know, stop eating when you're stressed, tough, easier said than done for mothers, especially since our dinners become leftovers, um, (laughs) or eating in the car or on the go. But when we're doing other things, we're not focusing on digestion and digestion takes like an impeccable amount of energy from your body. So the more that you can rest and digest, the more nutrients that you're going to have, the more nutrients that you have, the more energetic you can show up as a mother, as a friend and as a human being. Right. So never ignore your gut. It's telling you everything that you need to know. Mm. Such great advice. And I think there was one point in there that was super important. And that was that everyone is so different when it comes to diet, overall diet. I'm not talking diets per se, but just overall diet. You can't just Google something and go, oh, okay, well, that sounds good. That'll help me lose weight because everyone's body is different, right? Everyone's structure, cell structure is completely different. So how can we all follow one structured diet plan and expect the same outcome. I think that's such an important point. And that goes for exercise too, right, Tara? It's like not everyone can follow the same workout plan and expect the same results, right? Of course, there's exercises we do for, for lean muscle and there's cardio and those things are, you know, we all sort of benefit from them. But 
you can't expect every person to take the same workout plan and the same diet and get the same outcome, right? No, and they don't. And that's because everyone's journey is different. Everyone's body's different. And at the end of the day, I think fitness should be something that you enjoy, especially mm-hmm. as you get older in life. Like I stopped running because I can't run because I had a prolapse after my second and I was devastated. And it was like, I need to change my game because was I going to be running when I was 50? No, I, I need to find things that I enjoy. And it's not what the expectation of society is because again, there's this negative cloud out there that's like you should get your body back after you have a baby and like everything should be easy and there's and it's like you have the baby and then people are like well I'm still in my pre-pregnancy genes it's like yeah you're supposed to be like <laughs> you are nurturing your child for like a year if not longer after with, with energy reserves and all these amazing things that it needs to be celebrated and and when you're starting fitness it it's not a one size fits all and and my biggest advice is like find things that that fill you up that make you happy that bring joy to your life and for me it's getting outside and it is power walking and I can power walk with all the 65 year old ladies on the path and I love it now (laughs) it was just I had to rechange my game a bit and and um I think that's important to be like do you love boxing then then go boxing once a week if you love yoga then do it on YouTube at home, you know, find what you love and make it part of a hobby. Cause at the end of the day, that will be, you will do that more often because you actually like doing it. And that is the key to consistency and the key to success. Just like when you're dabbling with recipes, like Mona said, like if you find foods that you love and and you can change it up and have fun with it, you're more likely to probably keep eating healthy foods because they fill you up and they make you feel good. Absolutely. I think that's sort of like full circle. The key to everything is that piece of joy. It's like you need to soak it all in and enjoy like rigidity in parenting is really unpleasant, right? It's like, oh, well, I have to eat at this time and this food and this way. And then this time at the gym and this time here and that time there. And it's just, it gets to be a chore Mm -hmm. and then it's not fun anymore. And at the end of the day, health does not boil down to your waist size and your body tightness, right? It really, health is eating nourishing foods, doing things that make you happy, smiling all the time, laughter, you know, obviously like if you're, if you love hamburgers and you're eating McDonald's every day, that's not healthy, (laughs) but you know, treating yourself and giving yourself like the permission to have a treat once in a while, whatever that may look like. And just really embracing all of these things, because at the end of the day, it's not about, Oh, well, my waist is a 24 inch waist. That makes, that means I'm healthy because some of the healthiest people I, or some of the unhealthiest people I know, sorry, are super skinny Completely. because I was in the modeling mm-hmm. industry and I saw what a lot of those people did to their bodies and it, you know, it wasn't healthy. So being skinny and, you know, tight and all of those things doesn't equal health. And I think we right? need to spend more time chasing how good we feel by the actions we take versus chasing yes. a size of jeans or, you know, that, that old dress you used to wear kind of thing, because our minds change, our bodies change. I'm not the same person I was before I had kids, but I'm super proud of and happy of who I am now. But it's kind of, you know, chasing what fills you up and what makes you feel good. As you're saying, like, it's, that's what is important. And that's what you should be proud of every single day. 
Yeah. I think a lot of mm-hmm. mothers too, you know, we have to respect our bodies and the fact that often we go into this coping mechanism, right? And our adrenals are just in fight or flight. And when that happens, when there's that type of imbalance, our cortisol or stress hormone is insanely high. And with that said, we are going to retain water. We are going to retain fat. We are going to not be able to metabolize our foods the way that we want to be right. And I can't tell you the amount of times that I hear, oh, I feel I'm doing everything right, but it's just not happening. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it is going back to, well, you know, how, how do you feel? Think about when you went on vacation and you came back and you said, I can't believe I I didn't gain any weight and I was eating pasta and bread. Well, a lot of that has to do because you put yourself into a place of happiness. And when you can come at your health from that place, it's less about, you know, oh man, I got to get to the gym for a 30 minute workout, a 50 minute workout. And it's more about, you know what? I feel really good today. I'm going to eat some food that is going to make me feel good at the same time. And how much more powerful does that make Mm -hmm. you feel, right? Yeah, it's like taking your power back and just sort of owning it, owning this mob body. <laughs> yes, throw out those jeans that you had in your 20s because you think you're going to fit in them again, right? <laughs> well, and I feel like the like people shouldn't, like like I shouldn't be the same size that I was when I was 18 regardless of whether I had <laughs> kids anymore. Like I wasn't a woman then, I'm a woman now, you know, like and I, I think that's again a part of society that's like I don't want to look like I was when I was 18. Like I want to own my body, who I am now and, and the joy I bring to my life and my kid and the people around me. And I think that's just, it's just an empowering thing when you're like, like you just said, Mona, be like, I don't need these clothes anymore. <laughs> right. Like it's, it's great. Yeah. Clean out your closet, clean out your fridge. You know, it's never too late to just sort of start something different, something new and something that brings joy and makes you feel good and better. And, you know, if it, if you need to stop following certain people on Instagram or you know, just a little cleanse and I'm not talking about like a juice cleanse. I'm talking oh yeah. I'm a exactly. big get negativity, rid of negativity cleanse. out of your life. Person. You don't need, necessarily need a juice cleanse. You need a negativity cleanse. <laughs> it's that whole thing that we see everywhere now, right? One day or day one, yeah. just reset every day. Day one. That's mm-hmm. what we say in my family. Day one, guys, let's do this. Absolutely. I love that. So if you mm-hmm. ladies, I can't believe we're already at 37 minutes of chatting. It's so crazy to me, but <laughs> that's time flies when you're having fun. So I'm just going to throw it out there and see, do you one tip? It could be you know, health related, mental health related, nutrition, fitness, anything, just one tip from each of you for our listeners that, you know, has sort of changed the game for you mm-hmm. talking about your health. Yeah. Or any one, last words that you want to leave our guests with. And then we go into some fun questions that I like to ask and it, it pulls out all the, the good tips and resources for our listeners. <laughs> um, yeah, sure. One tip. You know how hard it is to come up with one tip? Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. Just one. Um, I would say my advice is don't buy it. So, you know, often when I go over to my clients' houses and we're cleaning out the cupboards and stuff like that, if it's not in the house, you won't buy it. And Mm -hmm. uh, if it's something that you have an addiction to, then just look for a healthier alternative of that um, because you can reacclimate your taste buds. So if you think that you are a salty person or a sweet person, um, a sweet taste craving person, I should say, uh, you can reacclimate your taste buds. So that goes away. And it's not to say that, um, you can indulge in your cravings, but look for the healthier alternatives. So if you buy the bag of chips, if you buy the box of chocolates and you have it in your house, you're going to eat it. If it's not there, you won't do it. Mm -hmm. 
I love that. I'm like a very much a quality over quantity person when it comes to kind of treats. I will say I love ice cream, but again, I will only buy like the one that is my favorite and it's like a small container because it's, it's quality over quantity, right? Like you're picking, um, the items that will make you happy without buying like the four liter tub, which no one needs in their life. (laughs) Um, for exercise, I think the biggest takeaway for most people is to Get out of the mindset of if I had this, I could do it, which whether that's Mm -hmm. a gym membership, a new workout gear, your personal trainer, whatever it is, you don't need any of that to get started. You just need to go where, where am I at? This is what I can do. And this is what I'm going to do. And you have to get started. Anything that you want to find in terms of like a 30 day walking plan or Like I even have some tips on my website, which is topnotmommy.com. And I talk about how to get back into exercise postpartum and they're mainly at home workouts, but anything you need to get moving to get that endorphin release is available to you right now. And that's what you need to get excited about because you totally can do this. I love that. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I think that's a big one because what people often say, if I had, mm-hmm. it's usually, yeah, I've heard gym membership. I've heard, you know, more money, whatever it is, but it's usually more time yeah. when it comes to motherhood. So if you can find, you know, five minutes here to do some squats or 10 minutes over here to do some stretching, it doesn't have to be elaborate and planned out and all these things like there's tons of great youtube videos and yeah tara i've seen your stuff too it's great like quick fixes of how to get into movement i'm doing a 50 days or no a a 50 squat challenge a day for the next 10 days on my social media and people are loving it because it's like i'm cooking dinner and i'm in the kitchen doing 50 squats which i do quite often. Um, because again, I'm like, man, I just need to drop in and do some squats here. Cause it, it rechanges my brain, especially from that four to 5 PM slump that we all go through. <laughs> not quite bedtime, not quite dinner. Um, but is it, it is important to, again, you can do this. You just have to find what works for you and then you just have to run with it. What I think is a great addition to that. Cause when I think of the clients that I work with who really do struggle with like getting up and making a change or getting into activity is to start focusing on the feeling. So when we grow up, we think about, you know, fitting into the jeans, going out, leaving this impression, doing this to make our body look a certain way. Um, but you know, really it's about the feeling that we want to achieve, right? So if you want to feel happy, find the things that make you feel happy. If you want to feel fit, find the things that are going to make you feel fit because the sooner you can feel the emotion, it's the emotion that's going to make you go back to do it again. Mm -hmm. Not the pain around it. It's the feeling good that's going to make you feel back. So take stock of the things that make you feel good. That's what keeps you on a healthy journey going forward. And I think people need to talk more about that. Like I had such a great workout. I feel amazing. Or I have been nourishing myself with food. And like, you know, in your communities, talk about that because the wheel starts moving in the positive direction for everybody. And they're kind of magnetized towards that. And really easy to fall into like the complainer nation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've been there myself. Um, But that kind of pulls, it can kind of pull you in the opposite direction. So again, in your tribe and, and in accountability, you can share with other people. You can get a walking buddy. You can be sharing recipes and be helping each other in such a positive way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Love it. Okay, guys. So now I ask a few fun questions and we do this just because it helps pull out some amazing resources that we maybe 
might not have found out about you guys. And we also get to know you a little bit better. And it's just fun. Sometimes we talk about heavy things on the show. You know, we talk about fertility struggles. We talk about loss and grief. So usually we do these to bring the energy back up. This is already a pretty high vibe and show, but we will ask them for fun anyway. So the first question is your morning routine. So I know Mona, I, I knew a little bit about your morning routine before, and I, I know at one point you also followed the Miracle Morning, which was a big, yes. big morning routine for me for a long time. But, you know, kids have sort of changed the structure of my morning routine. So I'm curious if yours is still the same and what you do. So this can be, you know, right from start to finish. It doesn't have to be pretty, but if it is, then you'll inspire others to, to make it pretty too. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Bless my babies, but they are 5 a.m. babies. So my 5 a.m. club is out the window. Yep. <laughs> so what that's turned into is this idea of the emotion again. So I talked before about my movie reel. Before I get out of bed, I literally, as I stretch in bed, I think about the things that make me happy, my gratitude list. But I also think about the things that I'm working towards, um, you know, the house that I want to live in, the vacations that I want to go on, um, you know, training for a marathon, how I'm going to be present with my kids. You know, it's actually a movie reel in my mind that I can, that's tangible. I see the colors, I, you know, see the, the, the lights, the emotions and everything. So it takes a bit of practice, but if you don't have the time to sit down and write out your gratitude journal, bring the emotions to your mind. It feels so amazing. Mm. And it's going to grow really quickly. Uh, outside of that, on the nutrition front, <laughs> I do a lot of fluids in the morning. So first thing in the morning, I um, I drink some lemon water. I squeeze half of a lemon into water the night before. I bring it to bed with me so that I wake up, I chug. That way, it's really great tonic for your liver and your kidneys to aid with digestion. As mothers, our livers are a little bit sluggish, especially with dealing with hormonal changes. So that's one tip. And lately, I've been doing celery juice. So celery juice has been known to be really, really powerful and so supportive uh, of your liver and your kidneys as well. So I will drink those two things probably about 30 minutes before anything else. Trust me, all I want is my coffee first thing in the morning. <laughs> but do anything for about two weeks and once you start to feel the difference and um, instead of having coffee be the first thing that attacks your adrenals, right? You want something else in your system first. So try some sort of lemon water, try the celery juice. Uh, and then if and when you do go for your coffee, try to have something in your system so that you're not attacking your adrenals right away. Do you have a juicer? I do have a juicer. Yeah. I've got an Omega juicer, which I absolutely love. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I need to get a juicer. I think it's been on my, my bucket list for a while. So I'll, uh, I'll add it to my <laughs> list for Santa Claus. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> a way to use a blender or especially if you've got a, a Vitamix mm -hmm. as well. Um, but obviously it's easier and just keep the pulp. You can use the pulp for, for soups and stuff like that. So I like that you can use everything. Nice. How about you, Tara? What's your morning routine look like? I've recently had to re-change my morning routine because sometimes as your kids hit new ages, like they start getting up at different mm -hmm. times or, you know, like the game changes um, as motherhood does. So I have started, I'm in a place now, which is groundbreaking. I'm getting up before my kids. Well, I try to, mm -hmm. um, at about six on the weekdays to be able to have time to have a 20 minute workout to stretch. I am a big advocate for gratitude as well. I just think it resets your brain into a pace, a place of positivity for the entire day. And I feel like 
people are just more present in their lives when they're practicing positive living. So I do that. Um, I have a glass of water while I'm doing that. And then I have a coffee (laughs) because I love coffee. That's for sure. Um, and yeah, I, I find that I am my best self when I'm practicing these activities in the morning. So I, I personally try to get three workouts, like my Monday, Wednesday, Friday, for sure to happen. Um, my Tuesday, Thursday could just be stretching and, Seriously, I I know people are going to be like, why get up earlier? I'm not getting enough sleep to start with. Um, I kind of feel like it's, it just resets yourself and it's a really good start to the day. For sure. I'm an early riser too. I've had to adjust several times because my, my youngest gets up currently at like between four and five o'clock, which is crazy. Yeah, it's so crazy. Daylight savings. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. It's been, uh, it's been a challenge, but it's all good because we just sort of adjust and then, you know, it's just a season. That's what I I keep telling myself. Just a season. Just a season. I love it. It'll change next season again (laughs) with daylight savings time. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Okay. So next fun question. If time money or scheduling were not an issue, what would one item at the very top of your bucket list be? This can be selfish. It can be with kids, no kids. It can literally be as crazy and out there as you want it to be. Or it can be, you know, something that's attainable tomorrow, whatever it is, just your bucket list. (laughs) Do you want to go first, Tara? Sure. Okay. So I don't know if this is a bucket list or more of like a necessity that would just improve my life list. Um, mine would be like to have a chef. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I actually like to cook, but I find that, um, I get in a rut, like what I was saying, but I, I, I pull myself out sometimes and I try new foods and these things. But I find as a mom, my most stressful time is that like four to five thirty, which meal planning and stuff I've, I've adopted into my life to help me with that. But imagine someone was like, here's your lunch. You're doing a great job. I'd be like, thank you. I'll take that. <laughs> I think I'd hire someone to clean up after meals. <laughs> Somebody to walk I want home. this person to do yeah. all of it. <laughs> I enjoy cooking. I just hate the cleaning up. And then especially when my kids just like look at me and go, well, what's this? And they'd like throw it on the floor. That's, that's <laughs> when I would need somebody to come and clean up. I love that. Yeah. Totally. Oh my gosh. Staff would mm-hmm. be great. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, snap our fingers, come and go when we need them. Um, uh, for me, I kind of went the complete opposite direction. I always have this dream of just taking off with my husband again and, uh, going to the Maldives. Mm. So oh, islands yeah. before yep. they disappear, but you guys, I like, I think about going for a month. I want to go for a month. I want my food made. I want to be out, you know, reading and in the ocean and in the sun, you know, no time, no money, no children, obstacle to get in the yeah. way. Yeah. That's where I go. Sounds amazing. Total mind body yes, therapy. Totally off grid away <laughs> from all the busy mind stuff. Absolutely. That sounds delicious. <laughs> I want to go right now. <laughs> um, okay. So one parenting mm-hmm. hack, so this isn't health and wellness related, but what I mean, maybe it is, but one parenting hack you cannot live without. It can be a product, a rule, an idea, an actual physical, tangible item, anything. Um, I'm working on this right now. Okay. So I would say for a newer baby, um, I'm working with a foil, (laughs) straight up foil, piece of foil, bomb hack for my little eight year old, eight month old. Um, there's nothing brilliant about it. It's free. Um, and for my son, you guys, we have tricked him 
you know, toddlers always want to be big mm-hmm. boys, toddler boys anyways. Oh yeah. So he's all about, I want to be a big boy. I want to go on that ride. I want to go on that roller coaster. Um, he believes that his broccoli is going to get him there. His broccoli is going to make him big and strong. So the more he eats it, the more it's going to get better and the more he's going to grow. So it actually worked with That's him. That's hilarious. We love that. I know. Love so that. he eats broccoli, guys. It's amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. I think mine would be, um, it, it kind of fits into that, that food thing as well. I have two toddlers at the moment and, um, I've adopted this rule, which I didn't really think would stick once I said it out of my mouth the first time, but it did. And, and the rule is real food first before treats. Um, I also apply this to myself. So when I'm starving, I need to eat some real food before I were to grab something that might be more sugar loaded or something. Um, and it works for them. And it's just, it is our family rule now. And my son is teaching it to his younger sister. And it, it's something that has been like a really great hack to be able to get them to eat their vegetables or get them to um, eat their healthy foods because they have to eat their real food first. Mm-hmm. So yeah, good. I like that. I've got one in the middle that is my best eater. He just loves everything. And then I have a picky older one and a picky baby. <laughs> so it's really challenging. <laughs> I find the hardest thing around food for me is just getting all of them to eat the same thing. It's like one loves beans and the other one hates beans. And then this one loves cucumber and this one doesn't like cucumber. It's like, why? I have to prepare four different kinds of vegetables just to get kids to eat vegetables, but I do it because <laughs> oh, no. we do it. Yeah. I also adopted like pick around it as a rule. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when my son's like, I don't, I don't want to eat this in here. Then I'm like, just pick around it. Cause like I was doing multiple foods for <laughs> yeah. so long and I was like, I'm over this. You will be eating what I'm eating. If you don't like it, pick around it. Um, and it was a hard curve initially, but now they've kind of adopted to it, which is so good. There's hope is what you're telling me. Yeah. There's <laughs> lots of hope. I trust me. <laughs> uh, okay. So one crutch that you can't live without, this can be, you know, coffee, wine, potato chips, anything, maybe sugar. Mm. <laughs> mine's coffee. Everyone knows oh, mine's, mine's definitely coffee. And I yeah. like as a health professional, it's still coffee. Um, it just, it brings me warmth and joy and energy. Yeah. <laughs> I go to bed dreaming about my coffee totally. in the morning. It's That's true. Real. So we all need we all need to meet up for a coffee one day. Then I know we're all in such yeah. different places in the world right now. Mona, you're in LA, I think, right? And Tara, you're yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. Calgary. Calgary, yeah. I'm in Toronto. Yeah, we better go for a coffee, a real live coffee. Let's make that a a deal. That'd be awesome. <laughs> um, okay, the last one, mm-hmm. and this is where we usually get some really good resources for our mamas, and that is one self-care. This is such a another trendy word that I'm hearing so much about, but it's so true. Every single episode of this show, we've talked about self-care in some way on some level, and I think it ties into health and wellness so well. You know, we need to take care of ourselves. So one self-care ritual or practice that you would recommend other mamas try. Now I know with this being a health and wellness episode and you both being, you know, fitness professionals on some level, it probably has something to do with that, but it can be anything like a walk, a bath, something to do with essential oils or, you know, a product that you can't live without anything. Mine, if, if, if I can go first, mine definitely would be to get outside, um, embrace walking. Seriously. It's like, if you can, if you're into running still, you can do that. But I definitely say opt for less, um, less of an impact, um, and just embrace, like we are meant to be 
under the sun. We are meant to be in fresh air and it, it actually can clear your brain. And, and I actually love when I'm outside and I get to that kind of clear brain state um, when you're just walking and you're in the moment. So even if it's five minutes, it's 10 minutes, it's 15 minutes. I definitely think it's something that people should adopt into their regular lifestyle. Absolutely. I agree. You know, right now I'm working with a lot of women uh, one-on-one for nutrition and part of the protocol that they'll get with me is you have to put it into your schedule. You know, scheduling often gets thrown out the window, but you've got to talk to your husband, your support system, your family, whoever it is to make sure that you're doing, um, if not one self-care ritual time a week, a day, it could be 10 minutes a day, it could be 15 minutes a day, but otherwise taking an hour for yourself on the weekend to go do that thing that makes you feel good. And I think for us, it's, it's different, right? Working out is a big one. You guys heard me say that, you know, when I work out with really loud music, I feel so empowered. I feel like I am just nourished. I come back as a completely new person. Mm -hmm. but it could be a walk on the beach. It could be taking a bath. What's that one thing that you crave that makes you feel like you've taken care of yourself? I think it's different for everyone and maybe try something new every single week. So wouldn't it be great if we can negotiate somehow with our, our partners out Saturday, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning, I'm going to be gone for 30 minutes just to take care of myself, right? Or an hour. And I think for most people, we can do that. It's just as moms, we sometimes can get so exhausted and so in our own heads that we're like, it would just be nice if someone else offered that to me. And I think it's empowering to know that we can flip that over and go, I can do that. I can say, this is what I need. This is what I'm interested in doing. Can you meet me there? Right? Like meet me halfway and like adopt this into our schedule for our family. And most of the time, I think any supportive partner would be like, yes, Cause you come back a different person, which is good yeah. for everybody. <laughs> right. I think the three of us can absolutely say when we do take that time for ourselves to recharge our batteries or do something that just makes us feel good, we come back and we can show up more powerfully. Right. So take evidence, take evidence of the moments that you do that and how you feel afterwards so that you yeah. keep it up. That's what builds a lifetime of healthy rituals. Happy wife, and happy completing life. the sentence. Like I'm my best self when I, mm-hmm. you know, I get my three workouts in. I'm, I'm planning my lunches. I'm meeting one girlfriend a week for coffee. Like what I'm reading every night before bed, listening to podcasts, wink, wink. But <laughs> it's like, whatever your thing is, answer that question and then do it. As Mona's saying, like we have to make it a priority. Absolutely. I totally agree. And that's, it all goes full circle again, back to joy being the pinnacle of health, right? Happiness, health. We have to take care of ourselves. We have to do what lights us up. And, you know, it's most important to help our soul and nourish our soul so that the rest of us can be healthy too. You got it. Otherwise, what's the point? Well, ladies, thank you so much for being here tonight. This is amazing. I feel like we got a lot for our listeners and, you know, it's, it's so inspiring to hear, like, we're all just moms trying to make it work, right? We're just trying to figure it out. So thank you for sharing all of your knowledge. You're the best. (laughs) Thank you for creating this platform. Okay, ladies. Well, 
listeners, you know the drill. Head on over and subscribe to the tribe and rate us, review this podcast. All of those help so much and we value every single input you can possibly give us. So thank you for tuning in. Bye, ladies. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sabrina Greer, your host, and you've been listening to You've Got This Mama, the podcast. You can follow us at YGT Mama and join our conversation on Instagram and Facebook. To get more information on the stories we share here, our books, the blog, our community, head on over to www.ygtmama.com. You can also access the show notes. If you haven't already, please head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your daily listen and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us so much and we value every single review. We also have a special gift for our subscribers. I would like to thank our production team and Megan Krampotich, our producer, for making this happen. Thank you so much to all of you for giving us your ear and tune in next week. In the meantime, please, please remember, Mama, you've got this.